It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Not a good few days for the Chiefs, starting with Sunday's loss at the Saints in the preseason opener. The Chiefs starters looked sluggish, and it was a terrible finish by the reserves with a late interception that led to a Saints game-winning field goal. What will the Chiefs need to prioritize this Saturday in preseason game number two at Arizona? Beat writer Jesse Newell breaks it down with me, Blair Kirkhoff, on Sportsbeat KC, the Star Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, August 16th. We also get into some injury news. Tight end Jody Fortson is done for the season with shoulder surgery, and in Tuesday's practice, three wide receivers left the field with injuries, including Justin Ross and Nico Ramijo. What's the impact on the position group? Okay, plenty to get to, so let's get started. Jesse, as I planned the podcast, uh, I thought this time we would just talk about the what we saw in New Orleans in the preseason opener and and then what we expect to see in preseason game number two at Arizona, but then some events started happening and, <laughs> and news started happening. So I guess we should start there. We'll get to the uh, the preseason games, but there's some injury news for the Chiefs. Um, uh, it's, it hasn't been a good couple of days for the Chiefs, and including losing a player. The piece of news that sort of just snuck up on everybody, they're going to lose a player for the season who uh, we – for sure thought was going to make the 53-man roster. Yeah, pour one out for Herbie Teope, uh former beat writer <laughs> at the Kansas City Star, because his favorite player, Jody Fortson, is now on injured reserve, which means unless there are some serious maneuvers that would happen, uh, many, many serious maneuvers, he's going to be out for the season, uh, or at least not with the Chiefs uh, this upcoming season. So that is big news. Again, kind of one of those fan favorites, a red zone weapon. And we were trying to, uh, you know, Matt Derrick, who works for Chiefs Digest, was asking Andy Reid about it. I was trying to ask the same thing because we knew of the Nick Jones and Anthony Witherstone uh, injuries from the previous game. And then the Chiefs brought two new players on their roster today. The only way to bring two new players on the roster is to replace two old ones. And so I asked Andy about Nick Jones, and he's kind of mentioned that they weren't sure about him yet. So that meant the roster math didn't make sense. And now the roster math does make sense, which is Jody Fortson uh, not going to be with the Chiefs this year. And so that maybe clears things up a little bit on the tight end room. We've been talking a little bit about Matt Bushman, who's had a good camp, and obviously Blake Bell, uh, those two guys at the end of the roster. But you would obviously expect for Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray to be at the top of that list. But, uh, yeah, one of the fan favorites, one of the guys that is kind of synonymous with the Chiefs here lately, kind of had some bad, rotten injury luck. Uh, may have played his last snap for the Chiefs, but unfortunate for him with a shoulder injury. He uh, got a procedure done, as Andy Reid said, and will be out for the year. But you're right, Blair, they're starting to add up. They had three receivers leave practice uh, on Tuesday, Justin Ross, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, and then Nico Remigio, who had uh, was their top pass catcher in the preseason game so you add all that to Legereus Sneed has been out Mike Edwards had a swollen ankle after the game um you know Chris Jones isn't here it's starting to be a lot even for a, a very demanding Andy Reid training camp it's starting to be a lot for the Chiefs these numbers are starting to add up 
Let's go back to Jody Fortson for a second. He played in 13 games a year ago, got a start, caught a couple of touchdown passes. Let me call up his career numbers just to um, two years with the Chiefs. 14 catches, 155 yards, and four touchdowns. That's my guess off the top of my head, Blair. Is that somewhere close? (laughs) It's almost like I wrote about this. I can can say you're not looking at my screen, but you saw it on your screen just a little while ago. But that's right, 14 receptions in his career. Four touchdowns, uh, 11.1 yards per reception. And as you said, a bit of a fan favorite uh, just because of his potential. He, he really did flash upside. Good size guy, as you expect, 6'4, 225. You'd expect a tight end to be a big guy. Um, I can remember most of these touchdowns uh, that, that he had for the Chiefs. I remember, certainly remember one in, in Washington a year ago. But um, but I always thought he had a, he had the potential to be a a weapon, a tight end weapon, but not going to happen this year for him. Yeah, one of those training camp darlings. I know that's kind of why uh, our own Herbie Tiope kept mm-hmm. talking him up is because he saw him in training camp and said this guy can play. But uh, unfortunately, it happens this way for some guys, which is even last year, you know, struggled to remain healthy for the entire season. He was uh, put on injury reserve late last year, but very some memorable catches. You mentioned the the, the route out of the backfield against the Chargers was a big play where Mahomes hit him in stride, one of the best Mahomes passes from last year, uh, but just sort of an unfortunate thing. And so um, this might be the way that the story ends for Jody Fortson, at least in Kansas City. It's, it's too bad, but uh, again, the Chiefs have some depth there. They probably feel pretty good about their tight ends and the guys that are in there. And so um, everything will continue to march on. Played in the uh, in two playoff games last year. Played against the Bengals and had 13 snaps in the Super Bowl victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, let's now, let, let's return also to the wide receivers. It's a it, it's a position group of depth. So injuries at that position group um, at least won't seem to have a big impact. However, uh, Justin Ross. Is uh, has had a nice camp. Nico Romijo has had a terrific camp. An undrafted player out of uh, out of Fresno State and spent his first four years at Cal. And um, and uh, Smith Marset, did I pronounce that right? Yes, yeah. Smith Marset um, has flashed a little bit. So um, Ross had been running mostly with the second team, and but had got some first team snaps as well. I don't know how serious this injury is. We don't know how serious any of them are, to be honest with you. We're recording this on Tuesday, and all of them happened today. But they did leave the field in a golf cart. That doesn't mean they were carted off the field. But they did leave the the practice area in a golf cart, which is standard procedure. Injured players don't walk themselves up the hill. They, They go in golf carts. So don't... Don't be fooled by the language, right? Yeah, I I, I, I want to be really careful about that because once somebody tweets out carded, and that gets picked up by like NFL accounts here, carded, and think, okay, the guy broke his leg in seven spots. Like you now, see, like you would see on a t- televised game, yeah, where the guy gets you know in the abso- back of a golf cart. Absolutely, Not but the, the setup here in St. Joseph is the practice fields are down a hill. And so to be able to get back up to the medical tent where they have x-rays and things like that, you have to go back up the hill. Well, even if you sprained your ankle, 
it's not going to be fun going up a hill to go do that and walk yourself up there. And frankly, if you can walk yourself up there, you probably should still be practicing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when these guys get, quote, carted, it's not really carted. It's, it's they are having a cart, much like a cart takes me down to practice as well as a media member. You get carted. I get carted to down, too. And then people. my wife's not worried about me. Um, so, yeah, they, they got, quote, carted up. But, again, they're in the front seat. They're walking to the cart. I'm no doctor. I'm, I'm not. But – Justin Ross was walking around in the medical tent when they were looking at him. It looked like some sort of leg. Uh, Andy Reid said hamstring or or uh, sore lower leg, but it did not look severe. So I mean, again, it's hard to read context into these things. And once again, I'm not a doctor. They could come out later this week and say that something more serious is there than we knew before. But this did not look of the serious variety for him. So I would not anticipate him being out very long, uh, if at all. Maybe he'll be back for even practices later this week. But you're right. I mean, Andy Reid in the offense, they made a concerted effort to get Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross with the first team today just to get those guys snaps with Patrick Mahomes. So I think after that preseason game, after what they saw from them, um, they sort of know what they have in some of the veterans. They want to be sure to get those guys in there to see what they've got. So I'm looking at a depth chart. I, I, I tend to look at ESPN's Chiefs depth chart more than the Chiefs depth chart. Um, they, the starting wide receivers, and this, this is pretty, you know, is in line with what we, we were thinking. Sky Moore, Marquez, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and uh, they have Kadarius Toney in the third. Of course, Kadarius mm-hmm. Toney's out uh, with his knee injury. And then for on, on the second team, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, Justin Watson, and then on the third team, Justin Ross, uh, Smith Marset, and Nico Remigio. So the three third teamers were the ones that uh, that left the field today. Meaning, frontline guys still still intact, except with the exception of Kadarius Tony. But um, is there any anything to uh, think about here from a from a position group standpoint? If one or two of these injuries, especially to to Ross and Remigio are lingering well i guess they're different they're different circumstances different players i think we ross is ahead of remigio in the depth chart yeah so you know we talked to brevitz last week he's expecting uh canary's to be back for the first game so if that's there you know that's obviously depth we've seen in three wide receiver sets for the chiefs with the number ones for a long time now the last couple weeks it's been mvs sky moore Justin Watson. It seems like Justin Watson's a placeholder for Kadarius Tony. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can all assume that. But I, I still think he slots into their plans, so I think he's on there. And then right behind that, uh, you would put exactly like you had on the depth chart, uh, Richie James, and then uh, some of the other guys that we're talking about, Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross. So I don't think it does anything immediately. And we also, it's been kind of a weird training camp because normally the Chiefs have a little bit of cap space and they normally figure out what positions they need a little bit of depth at and they sign somebody midway through. This has been the exception. And part of that might be the Chris Jones uh, holdout that's going on and how the Chiefs don't have much cap room. That would clear them some cap room. But that that long-term agreement has not happened and potentially will not happen before this season starts as, as long as this goes on. Potentially it won't. So uh, I, I think they're okay there. And the other part about this is sort of what Andy Reid always talks about these preseason games, which is you get a chance to see how these guys perform with the lights on, and it gives other guys opportunities out there. I mean, we have to mention like a Kakoa Crawford, who we didn't really see much from in training camp, didn't stand out too much, but has a great catch in the preseason game uh, for a touchdown. And, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, that might be on the radar. Same thing as 
uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, Khalif the Thief Halasi, who comes in there and, and makes the best catch of the day for the Chiefs, who is, you know, a cornerback, comes up and goes two hands, high points it, and uh, he was celebrating that catch, and he should because that's the same thing. You know, we, we didn't hear much about Khalif the Thief or, or really see much from him early on, but now I'm sure he's going to get some reps with the, the twos or maybe even the ones just to see how he does. But this is really what happens in these camps is the further you go down, the more these guys have an opportunity to come in and show potentially what they can do. And if those guys are out a long period of time, some of those guys, then it just it gives opens up opportunities for other guys to step in there. And uh, we've mentioned those to the Chiefs. So it's kind of the contradiction of the season, which is – Overarchingly, you would feel like their receivers aren't as good as the rest of the NFLs, but depth-wise, you would feel like five, six, seven, eight are pretty good. So that leaves them in a pretty good position, especially if at least one or two of these injuries aren't as severe as uh, what we. They're, they're not the severity that we think they are. They're, they're probably not going to keep these guys out long term, or at least not all of them out long term. Jesse, with the pronunciation of the day, Khalif Halasi, is that right? Uh, you know, I've, I've heard it in radio. I did listen to his pronunciation guide from the Chiefs today, so I, I tried to listen to it a few times, get it into my memory bank. But also with radio, and this goes for podcast, Blair, you're supposed to say it and then not trip on it, and that way everybody's confident that you said it right. So, um, you know, that, that, that's really the key in all this. Good to know. Note to self, don't trip over names. Okay, um, uh, let, let's uh, before we get off of this topic, just a, a final word on Ramihio. Uh, what led the led the Chiefs in receptions at New Orleans with four and seventy with seventy one yards? That also led the team, and he had a couple of really nice catches. One, I think, I still can't tell by looking at the replay with the the action slowed down if the ball was tipped. The one that was over the middle for I think it was a twenty two yard gain. Uh, this one from Oladokun, the fourth-team quarterback. Whether it was or not, it was great concentration. He had to adjust his body a little bit, made a great catch, and also came up with a 24-yarder on a third and 12. So really, you know, I, I made him my – I think I, I'm pretty sure I made him the KC star of the game in that game. N- nice moment for him. He's had a good training camp. And you today asked uh, Rasheed Rice about him, and Rice – effusive in praise yeah he said i can't believe this guy's undrafted but he's about to show people that he should have been drafted yep. throughout that whole thing um yeah, yeah you know i tweeted last week he's been one of those guys he's a little undersized he's dropped a few passes but in routes he's a really good route runner like he's created separation and so that stood out in camp a lot of these wide receiver cornerback drills and at the time i said that i think the chiefs would love to sneak him on the practice squad but this is this is the penalty if you will of being a good team like I was mentioning this um, earlier today to somebody where Bobby Scipio was like the star of Hard Knocks for the Chiefs, whatever it was, 10 years ago. And, oh, the fans want to see Bobby Scipio. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be great. He's this great story. And then in the regular season, he was nothing. You know what I mean? And that's what happens in training camp. Sometimes, guys, you get enamored with them, and they look great. And the difference is if you're a team that just won the Super Bowl, that's a luxury but not a need because you have depth and potentially you can't use that guy. So that's what Andy Reid always talks about. Like, Not only are you competing in the preseason for potentially a job on the Chiefs, you could be competing for a job on one of the other 31 rosters. And so the Chiefs, by being a Super Bowl team, this is how you want it. A guy like Nico Romijo, if he impresses in training camp, impresses in the games, you might not keep him. Maybe you can see him in your practice squad. You might not be able to keep him. And that's just the way it goes because you have a good roster and things are set on your roster. Uh, that's a positive, not a negative. Now, the other part of that is that if he kept showing out, if he kept impressing, the Chiefs would probably have some hard discussions inside their building about how do you keep him or is there a way to do it. And we'll see with his injury. I mean, it would not be beyond any team in the NFL to do this. 
a la Justin Ross last year, where he comes in, plays a few snaps, gets surgery down on his foot, gets a redshirt short a year, stays with the program, and then is with the team the next year. So we'll see how uh, severe this injury is for him with his dislocated shoulder for Remigio. But a really good start for him. Uh, good in the special teams with the return game as well. And so uh, if, if the Chiefs can't keep him, then I, I have no doubts he's going to latch on somewhere and, and be a favorite somewhere else. But like I said, this is, this is sort of what it's like being the Chiefs, which is every guy who pops up in training camp, you might not be able to keep. And that's, that's a positive, not a negative. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay, let's talk about the game. You were in New Orleans, and I know this because I was sitting next to you. I just say you were in New Orleans. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to getting some good jambalaya, we watched the Chiefs fall to the New Orleans Saints 26 24. And I thought the beginning in the end stunk for the Chiefs. The middle, there's some nice things to talk about, including uh, Romijo. But what's the. What's the biggest takeaway from preseason game one for the Chiefs, and how can it be applied to preseason game two? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I think the biggest thing was what Sam wrote about in this game, which was Patrick Mahomes' demeanor and kind of his evolution to become the ultimate leader for this team where he's on the sideline going nuts for guys. He said he, they said he had a, basically a locker room talk to get guys more fired up, so they needed better energy, needed better focus. I mean... Sam's talked about this. It's tough. The last game they had played was the Super Bowl. Now you're playing a preseason game. I mean, they played it later than every other, all but one other team. Yeah, they had a shorter offseason, and now you're playing a preseason game in New Orleans uh, where you get a few snaps. So it's tough. It's a tough thing to turn your mind back on. Uh, but, you know, Patrick talked to Sam after the game and, and spoke pretty true words about how everybody's going to give them their best shot. And if you don't come out focused every single time, you're going to get it from these other teams who are motivated to come out and knock you off now that you are the big dog. So I I thought that was very interesting, and I just don't think it's something that we see from Patrick Mahomes two or three years ago. But now he is so ingrained into the culture and what this team is about that you saw everybody reflect. I mean, you saw MVS on the sideline jumping up and down. You saw other guys, uh, teammates coming on the field to be able to celebrate with the second and third team. So... Uh, pretty important. First team, like you said, not very good. Um, I think they will try to be better this next game just to get some good vibes heading into it. Uh, defense, some some secondary breakdowns. Not very good pass rush without Chris Jones in there. Offensively, uh, we did a details video that you guys can check out on the Star coming up here this week. But uh, looking at the two tackles, uh, Donovan Smith was a highlight. Uh, he had a lot of very good graded plays there. Uh, took some short sets with stopping pass rushes. Good in the run game. Juwan Taylor. 
good in the pass game, uh, not as good in the run game. So it's stuff that needs to be cleaned up. This is the same thing we would have seen like with some of the pro football focus grades last year where he did not grade very highly. He would not very graded very highly in this game either. So um, that's something to monitor. But outside of that, I think that the positives for the Chiefs was that middle portion. You saw some playmaking from Shane Bouchelle. You saw some Richie James highlights. And you saw some second-teamers on defense like we talked about, Khalif the Thief, making plays in there and going to make some very hard decisions for the Chiefs that they're going to love to have to make just knowing that there's some real talent on their roster, down the roster from uh, the starters and the second-teamers. I had more confidence in Taylor than I did Smith in terms of new tackles going into the game. And Smith was – I've seen that, that end zone upper, you know, up, from above view really impressive. The really one, impressive. The one where – well, so let's, the one where Patrick Mahomes took off running, yeah. he actually escaped a really clean pocket. And so yes. in a normal game, he gets the first down. And, that's right. And that's what he's – I'm sure in his brain he's thinking, I see four yards, I'll go get four yards. But that was a really clean pocket for the Chiefs, and that was probably the highlight for uh, one of the highlights for Taylor, but definitely highlight for Smith, who took his man and chucked him to the ground on a pass block. You know what I mean? Like usually pass block, you're kind of doing a dance backwards. No, no, no. He finished that thing and he chucked someone to the ground. A defensive end there. So uh, yeah, that that was that was really good uh, for him. And and like I said, you know. You just don't know with this, and the signing, I think, raised a lot of eyebrows. But if you look at the track record of uh, Donovan Smith, I mean, got better every single year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in terms of PFF grade until last year where it's pretty notable he was playing with injuries and was playing through injuries. And these guys do that a lot. So he's still not that old, Uh, you know, 29-30. And if if he is the kind of guy that he looks like at this point and remains healthy – the Chiefs got themselves one whale of a steal, especially to play left tackle. Yeah. Um, so the starters played on defense. They, they played the first two series. And, of course, Derek Carr went down and uh, scored easily. Then Jameis Winston, the backup uh, quarterback for the Saints, also with a touchdown pass. And the and Patrick Mahomes played the first series. We, we just his, his day ended on the play that you just described, the quarterback keeper where he comes up short, then they come up short on the fourth yeah, down. Yeah, one more play. One yes. more play. I'm sorry, that's mm-hmm. right. One more play. They come up short on the fourth down. Now, of course, that's – you wrote about that. Mm-hmm. And um, that was an interesting to have uh, Smith and Taylor lined up side by side on the on the left side, and uh, the play should have gone to them. That's where the strength was, and yet Blake Bell didn't – You know, everybody's talking about Blake Bell should have gone left instead he seemed to go right I don't think he actually got to do much of anything I thought Colin Saunders was in on him pretty quickly I'm not sure he he didn't certainly didn't have time to make an adjustment on that play yeah well and Andy Reid even talked about a little bit more today but he talked to me in the post-game press conference about when I asked him and just said you can't work on those things live what he means by live is in training camp with full contact because it's a play that could get guys injured so you sort of work on it in meetings and kind of think about it but until you get out there on a on a Sunday then that's really where you're kind of going with it so yeah the strength of the Saints defense was definitely lined up on that right side and uh there was only one guy I think between the center and the and the right right tackle or the left tackle on the other side but the Chiefs ran right into the strength of it so uh, Andy Reid said again to the gate today going back to the drawing board I would be surprised if they don't have more answers for this in the regular season again it's sometimes preseason is what it is they don't game plan much we heard Andy Reid talk about that today where you don't go in going okay these are my five quarterback sneak plays so that I can be ready to beat the Saints in preseason game one I mean sometimes it just you know the old cliche it is what it is like you're going to roll out there with what you got and um, it didn't work for the Chiefs but I, I think they'll have more ready for the regular season because they know that short yardage was an issue 
issue a year ago, and they certainly know if they're going to be uh, successful with it this year, much like the Eagles were last year, and, and use it like the weapon that the Eagles used it last year, that they need to get better and they potentially need a few more ideas to, to get that one yard. I wonder if we're going to see more teams do what the Eagles did last year. The tush push, man. you got to get it push. in there. Yes. Um, Chiefs certainly would be reluctant to do it because of the, the injury Mahomes suffered on that some, not a push, but a quarterback sneak at Denver I, a few years ago. I think you need to have a squatting competition with the Kansas City Chiefs. Because Andy Reid is not hesitant about putting defensive players on offense. No. I'm not putting anybody on offense, really, uh, in the fullback position. Today's practice, we saw Travis Kelsey in the fullback position. So, I mean, he'll do weird things. It's just... Who wants that assignment? Like, who has sure enough hands and can squat, like, 600 pounds like Jalen Hurts can? If you find that guy, it doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You just put him under center and then get a couple people to push him in the tush and uh, hope you get that one yard. But that really is why Jalen Hurts makes it look easy. Obviously, Jason Kelsey helps and that interior yep. line for the Eagles helps. But a dude that is thick in the thighs and can move forward and gets a little boost from behind, that makes that play a little bit eat a little bit tougher than it even looks or a little bit easier than it even looks uh, just because the Eagles ran with such success last year. So um, the, uh, Andy Reid will tell us on Thursday what his plan is for playing time in the, uh, in the second preseason game. But this is probably the game in which the starters will have their most extensive, the most snaps, right? Um, I'd say maybe two series for Mahomes uh, in, in the starting offense. Uh, in fact, listen, the starting offense was actually on the field for the second series when Blaine Gabbert came in. Just Blaine Gabbert was the only, the only difference. Uh, but I, I suspect that Mahomes will play a couple of series. I think, I think he will. Chiefs are one of the, you know, the, the, I don't know if it's a mi- minority, but uh, not every team plays its starting quarterback at all during the preseason. The Chiefs certainly do. And, and history tells us that this will be the game in which Mahomes will have his most extensive playing time. Andy Reid will tell us on, on Thursday, but then he can't even trust what he says because every quarter, every quarterback was going to get a quarter last Sunday and three quarterbacks had played by halftime. So that's just the way it is sometimes. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on just one or two guys. You, you, I think we've probably talked about it in some way who, who played well enough in the, you know, after the starters were out and before, um, the interception at the end of the game that led to the Saints game-winning field goal and the, the expression of Mahomes captured on uh, social media. He was really, you could tell, he was kind of ticked off about the, the interception at the end. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, did any, anybody stand out? Should, anybody we should be keeping an eye on this weekend based on their play in New Orleans? Yeah, I was trying to think of second stringers, uh, potentially. I think we mentioned quite a few of them, uh, whether it was – Khalif, I mean, Echo Boydo again, um, fighting for a roster spot in that secondary. Uh, the receivers are always just going to be – it's always going to be a topic. Who's going to emerge out of there and, and how healthy these guys are. Uh, I mean, a couple of shout-outs. You know, I think Leo Chanel played well and was taking on some blockers and helping in the run game. You know, if we look back the last couple of years for the Chiefs, that's been a problem on early downs. Is sometimes teams just run straight at them and the Chiefs haven't been able to do anything about it. So – uh, both Leo Chanel and Willie Gay at times took on blockers, made tackles, and were impressive in that way. And if he takes – it's, it's still weird like to think of him taking a second-year jump, but he's kind of in the same boat as all those other rookies where he didn't play as much last year. And sometimes when you are that type of strong side linebacker, you're only in for certain downs because teams throw it so much. But um, if he can keep up that type of production and turn more first and tens into second and nines and second and tens, uh, that will go a long way toward helping this particular defense. But uh, outside of that, you know, I mean, I think the tight end thing is still intriguing. Um, 
Blake Bell, Matt Bushman, you know, what's going to happen there? Who's going to emerge there? And then we'll continue to sort of watch uh, the offensive line as it goes. I think Lucas Niang had a pretty decent game in this one, but is he fighting for a roster spot? We've seen Wanye Morris. He had the most snaps in the game going left side, right side. How is his development? That could be kind of something to look for for the long-term future of the Chiefs. And then, um, yeah, the other one that was kind of fascinating today is Daenerys Prince did not get much action in that game. And Andy Reid was asked about that today and said he's kind of fighting his body, which honestly makes sense a little bit because he was doing everything over the summer because guys weren't there again Isaiah Pacheco's had the yellow jersey and or hasn't been at summer workouts and then you know they were working the heck out of him early in training camp here and really liked what they saw so I think they still have high hopes for him but the fact that he might have hit a little bit of a you know a little bit of a wall here Mm -hmm. when it comes to training camp Um, can they get him more action can he see more again maybe we're pumping the brakes just a little bit on his immediate production but like I said, I think the Pacheco path from last year is still there, where you start as a kick returner, you get a, kick, a carrier two sprinkled in there, you see where it goes from there, and, and we've talked about this. Daneric Prince has really good hands, so maybe they can utilize him in the pass game as well. I think we all have started to hit a little bit of a wall in St. Joe, and this will be our last week at training camp. So a couple more days in St. Joseph for the Chiefs before they head off to Arizona for preseason game two, and then practice returns to Arrowhead Stadium. Jesse, I'm glad you mentioned Wanye Morris. He's going to have the last wor- word on today's Sports BKC. I got to speak with him in the locker room after the game and just asked him about his first game in the NFL. I think you'll enjoy this. Congratulations, first NFL game. How, how did it feel? Man, it was surreal, man. I had to calm myself down for a minute because, you know, those first nerves you get out there, you know, do you do this so long and still you get those nerves like you just started the game. It was exhilarating, man, just to get out there and finally see how I feel, get the speed of the game, getting so many reps, you know, uh, learn from experience. So I'm just right. just trying to learn as I go. And how how was the speed of the game? Was it a little bit a little bit faster than training camp? And uh, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we're 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 known for having a, a really hard training camp. Right. So I feel like our training camp really prepared me for this. Um, definitely, you get longer drives in different situations because it's unpredictable what's going to happen. But other than that, I feel like I was pretty tuned to it. Just you know, just making decisions quick and being able to stick with guys and just know that these are grown men. You got to fight, you know. <laughs> so, Did you get any good advice from anybody before before your first game? Uh, Jawan Donovan just said, "Just be you, you know. Just just go out there, be relaxed, and just be you, because it's gonna come to you really quick." He told me I was a pretty good, pretty quick learner, and I catch on the things pretty well. So just, just go out there and trust my instincts. Very good. All right, Wayne. Thanks so much. No Congrats, problem. man. Thank you. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Randy Mason for putting together the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Todd Feedback, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition is the place to keep up with the Chiefs, Royals, KU, Mizzou, K-State, Sporting KC, the KC Current, and all local sports, plus national and international stories like the World Cup. Check it out at Live Edition. KansasCity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports BKC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.